Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's Tuesday, September 18th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Hey, Scotty, how you doing? I know it was a tough loss last night for your Seahawks. Yeah, and I uh, didn't get enough points from Tariq Cohen in a bunch of of fantasy leagues, but hey, it's another day, and uh, here we are talking fantasy football, so all's good, getting ready to do my in-season ranks for the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package on rotoexperts.com. All right, make sure you enter the promo code THEKING at checkout to get that in-season package. Listen, you could have given us the best team name, a la Jimmy G-Spot, a la Strong Style Ninja. He's got the in-season package, all right? And if you want to join the fun to help us or have us help you throughout the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Scotty, let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. I want to be gentle with you. I know you're a Seahawks fan, but honestly— You don't honestly, have to be gentle with me. All right. We're not here to talk to the Seahawks fan. We're here to talk to the fantasy analyst. Okay, and so the fantasy analyst, Scott Angle, I got to ask you, how much of this is a long-term worry from the Seahawks, okay? Some of the things that I saw here I don't think are changing anytime soon, namely the offensive line being a sieve. Russell Wilson running for his life. He got sacked six times week one against Denver, six times week two against Chicago. The other thing that I noticed on the Seattle side, honestly, Scott, they just don't have any dynamic play 
playmaking talent, okay? That's what I think it comes down to. There are no kind of game breakers. There are no kind of people that the defensive coordinator or the side is like, we've got to do extra attention to stop this guy. The only guy that fits into this category is Russell Wilson himself. But if he's running for his life the whole time, I'm not sure how the Seahawks offense gets in gear. Scotty, help me out with this. I think it's a combination of factors. Uh, you know, a lot of analysts saying that Russell Wilson's holding on to the ball too long, but he's holding on to it because nobody's getting open. But uh, yeah, Tyler Lockett can be a playmaker, but I don't think he's a difference maker on any play. And it's, I think it's the play calling, too. Uh, you know, Brian Schottenheimer is not too creative. He's He wasn't running the ball enough early in the game, and uh, I think the Bears knew that they could, they could put a lot of pressure on the passing game when they weren't running the ball and keeping them honest. And they were playing in comeback mode, and they're trying to run the ball. You know, it just it doesn't make sense. It's a combination of factors, but let's remember last year that, uh, you know, the offensive line didn't play well. You know, they, right. they are missing Doug Ball. Well, when they they, they obviously they obviously miss him, uh, but I don't know how much we should overreact to one game here. You know, the Bears defense played very well. We did see Russell Wilson throw three touchdown passes last week against the Denver Broncos. So I don't know if we could just react to one game. You know, they go home. They they they, they played their first two games on the road. They mm-hmm. go home for the next two against Dallas and the Cardinals and. Uh, you know Russell Wilson's a playmaker. You know they're just gonna have to they're gonna have to make some adjustments here. I think. And you know, I, th- I what was interesting was is Chris Carson was playing well early on. You know they went away from him. They played Rashad Penny late. They asked Pete Carroll, uh, "Why did you pull Chris Carson out?" They said he he was gassed from playing special teams. Hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see how the running game is going to work in. And you know the offensive line. You go back to it. You know, they picked up D.J. Fluker to be a run blocker, and he's missed the first two games. So if D.J. Fluker's next, back next week, you know, maybe this team starts running the ball more. They, they have to to keep the defense more honest. If they, can, if they can run the ball more consistently to keep the defense honest, I think things will improve. But I can't judge too much on one game. They, the offense looked pretty good last week. It didn't good, look good last night. All right, um, I think that's my follow-up question for you, Scotty. You're talking about the running game, okay? Rashad Penny had 10 carries, whereas Carson only had six. And you mentioned it was, in fact, Penny in the second half that was running the ball. I kind of thought he did have a little bit of a spark in that drive where they brought it back to a one-score game. My question for you is exactly that. Let's say you're an owner and looking to spin this forward, a Carson owner, a Penny owner. You know, we say over time, uh, you know, Scott, we've been talking about this a lot with these kind of rookie running backs and how the balance of opportunity may start to shift towards the rookie over time. Is that what we're beginning to see here in Seattle? Maybe now that Rashad Penny's finger is healed, maybe he's uh, lost some of the weight he put on. Do you think the balance of power is going to start going towards the rookie the same way I believe it's going to happen in, say, Detroit, in New England, as it relates to, say, Kerryon Johnson and Sony Michelle? Do you start to expect the same thing happen with the scales tipping towards Rashad Penny? I don't see the scales tipping in any three of those situations any time in the near future. You know, they use Penny. They also use Mike Davis. There was mm-hmm. C.J. Procise last night. So I think they're going committee. Uh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if they started going to Penny, but, you know, Carson had a few good runs early too. You know, I, I, it's hard to read what's going on in the Seattle backfield here, but 
we have to remember that they used a first round pick, which right. is on on a running a running back. And you know, last year, you know, they had the second worst red zone percentage of all time. But there's a lot of things that have to be fixed here. Uh, it wouldn't shock me, but I don't think I see it happening within the next two weeks. Okay, um, let's go over to the Chicago Bears side for a little bit, Scotty. I think the, the thing that most impressed me, honestly, was Allen Robinson. It is clear to me that Trubisky, you know, kind of in normal down and distance situations, is looking at Allen Robinson like the number one receiver. Going into this season, we talked about how, like, oh, there's a lot of mouths to feed. You know, we brought up Trey Burton. We bring up the rookie Anthony Miller. We talk about Tariq Cohen, you know, and others. But to be honest, this looks like more of an offense where the number one wide receiver is more of a target monster. Allen Robinson, 10 catches for 83 yards. No one else on the Bears had more than four catches, and it really looks like AR-15 was his first read on a lot of plays. Did you see the same thing, uh, Scotty? And if so, um, would you be comfortable with AR-15 as a wide receiver two moving forward? Look, he had a very good matchup against his secondary that was very depleted. Uh, you know, but but uh, you know he racked up the catches, but it was almost like like a little bit more than what Nelson Aguilar did in that first week. There's just no there was no threat of a big play whatsoever, and I fear that in upcoming matchups for Allen Robinson when he faces better secondaries and better defenses. You know that you're not going to see these kind of numbers. Uh, there was nothing that that made me, uh, you know, really excited about Alvin Ro- Allen Robinson last night, other than the fact that you know there was a lot of volume. So uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky is just—he's not playing well at all, and I think some other defenses are going to shut Allen Robinson down. So I think if you could deal him, you know, this week, I would probably do it. Interesting. Scotty is on a uh, sell high-ish with Allen Robinson. I take it a little bit differently. I think he's a hold. You know, Scotty, when you talk about um, Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar was 8 for 33 in that first game. Allen Robinson was, uh, you know, 10 for 80. So I do think that yards per, the yards per catch is a little bit different than what you're talking about. It's a little, you know, I'm I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, you know, but there's no big playability there whatsoever right now. All right, that, fair that, enough. I mean, that's mainly that's mainly on the quarterback, but then again, I didn't see Allen Robinson getting downfield at all last night either. Um, all right, you know, his longest did, in fact, only go for 14 yards to Scott's point, but I think to Scott's bigger point, you know, the Bears got the win. They were kind of comfortable in terms of the game flow the entire time, I would say, but honestly, I agree with you, Scott. In my opinion, Mitchell Trubisky did not play well. There were a number of mistakes, in my opinion, that he made. First of all, on a crucial third down in the third quarter, they had an RPO, kind of a zone read, and Mitch Trubisky keeps it, and he had daylight for the first down, tries to bounce it outside, and winds up getting stuck for like a two-yard loss on a critical like third and four that he could have converted. Then on the very next time they get the ball, he throws up an interception trying to force it to Allen Robinson on what would have been a deep ball down the field, Scott. Um, But then he did, in fact, like you said, underthrown it. He had another ball that was picked off. He had another ball that should have been picked off uh, via a tip. I mean, to be honest, Mitchell Trubisky, I think, held this Bears offense back 
if anything else, a number of times. And they made the point on the telecast that Matt Nagy can be as creative as he wants, but the execution has to be there, and that's on Mitchell Trubisky. I do want to ask you, though, Scotty, there were times when this offense looked like Kansas City and Andy Reid. We know Matt Nagy's coming over from you know Kansas City and is kind of this quote-unquote beautiful mind, they say. Did you see pieces of that last night as well? Do you think that the scheme is similar and that this is going to be on Trubisky's development? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. I'm asking, did you see elements of the Bears offense that looked like Kansas City scheme-wise? You know, like, I I certainly did. And so to me, that means, and I just want to see if you agree, though, Scotty, to me, that goes back to my point, though, that this is going to be on Mitch Trubisky and his development because the scheme we know works, right? And so the question is, can Trubisky deliver? Um, And that's what I'm saying. Do you agree that the scheme is there, but that it's actually all on Trubisky to execute? Yeah, it's, it's the first, you know, you saw the first touchdown and it was like right. a read option, you know, forward pitch to the tight end. And we've seen that in Kansas City. You know, the guy obviously interned under Andy Reid. That's how he started mm-hmm. his career. So you're going to see a lot of those wrinkles, but they don't have the talent that they do in Kansas City. It's just like about at any position. So, you know, I think that could be a problem because, you know, I've seen it before, you know, when Mike Martz, like, left Los Angeles, left the Rams in St. Louis, right. and, you know, he went to other teams. And you don't have Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce anymore. Yeah, you try to force your schemes on players that don't have those kind of skill sets. It becomes an issue. Good coaches, to me, and good co- coordinators will will tailor their schemes to fit the talents because, you know, Mitch Trubisky, I wouldn't even take him over, you know, Alex Smith prior to last year. So I think there's going to be a problem with this offense. You know, there were, there were some pe- people that looked at the Bears on paper, and maybe even point one point I was guilty of it, and said this could be this year's Rams, but because they've surrounded Trubisky with so much talent. But, you know, outside of Allen Robinson, uh, you know, who was okay, you know, there's, you talked about the Seahawks not having any major difference makers. You know, Jordan Howard – didn't look good. Tariq Cohen's done nothing after two games. Anthony Miller had a touchdown, but outside of that, you know, it's he's still a rookie. And, you know, Taylor Gabriel, you know, he comes and goes. Uh, you know, I think this offense is going to be an up-and-down problem all year, but defense is going to keep them in games. All right, fair enough. I will say this, Scotty. I'm a little bit higher on the Bears than it sounds like you are. I think, yes, there is still a work in progress. There is still some development to happen. We talk about this with teams that have a lot of new pieces or a lot of new schemes. We talked about it with San Francisco, that it will be a process. But to be quite honest, even if there is a process going on, the Bears are one play away from being 2-0, and you know, and so, I mean – they have a little bit of more of a cushion than some of these other teams that are trying to uh, piece it together. I hear you that they didn't look uh, amazing, but they looked good enough to get it done. How they one play let... away? How they won't play it away from being two and zero? Because they very easily could have won Week One if uh, Fuller picks off the ball that is right in his but bread basket before the. He didn't, yeah, so they deserve to be one and one. Oh yes, this is true. Yeah. This is true. They I mean, they're a one-on-one very- one team. That's that's it. Okay. That's who they are. 
Fair, fair enough. I want to let people know that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's fun uh, for its recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have great free promotions like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. Sign up today, okay, guys? Going over to FantasyFactor.com. That is FantasyFactor.com. Want to get people caught up on some news and notes? There was more things that happened, Scott, before, besides just Monday Night Football yesterday. And we yep. start with Josh Gordon, okay? Josh Gordon, you know, we knew knew this was going to happen. We talked about it. I think in a, in a kind of savvy move, the Browns sent up this kind of signal flare, right? Like, listen, we're going to release him. La, 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 la. Get your best bids in, you know, because they knew if they just cut him, he would have been an outright free agent and they were going to get nothing for him. So they sound the alarm. They said there were multiple teams that were interested and it winds up being the New England Patriots. Of course it is for a fifth round pick. It becomes a seventh if he's not really active. So let's talk about this both ways real quick before we go to the break on the Patriots side of things you know to me this is like such a Patriots move they have the you know they have the strong locker room that's probably needed to maybe get the best out of Josh Gordon a do you think he's gonna wind up producing for New England and if so what does this mean for everybody else involved look that siren means there's always trouble you know when it comes to Josh Gordon and the thing with Josh Gordon for me is and I think NFL insider Michael Lombardi on Twitter uh, put it really well. He said, you know, this Patriots, uh, the culture around them is so buttoned up that he's going to have to he's going to have to throw things together fast, get it together fast or otherwise he's gone. And fantasy players everywhere getting excited because, you know, just the temptation of Brady throwing to Gordon makes people think of when Brady had Randy Moss. But you know what, though? The reality is we've been chasing Josh Gordon for five years. So if you have Josh Gordon, I would try to sell him to somebody who's really excited because we've only seen two touchdowns in five years. Yeah, I like that, and I agree with you. Let me ask you this, though. What kind of impact, if any, does it have on guys like Chris Hogan? Does it have on guys like James White? You know, we've been trying to make meaning out of guys like Philip Dorsett for the last couple of weeks. And remember also, Edelman is coming back. There's only two more games for the Patriots before Edelman comes back. So I hear you that, like, I'm not going to be chasing this. I'm going to let someone else do it. I actually think, you know, trying to flip him to an excited owner is a great strategy. But does this uh, downgrade anybody like a Hogan, a White, or anybody else in that Pats offense? No, I, th- I think it. I think it opens up the offense more and gives gives Brady another option in the best case scenario, and uh, gives him more op- offensive balance, a deep, a deep threat, fifty uh, fifty ball guy. Uh, you know, Chris Hogan, you know, will draw less defensive attention. Uh, right. Edelman's always going to do his thing, so I think it would be a positive if he stayed. But we don't we don't even know if he's going to finish the season. We don't know how many games this guy's going to play. You know, it's been five years, people. 2013 was the last full se- full season that this guy played when he was really good wire to wire. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a long um, time ago. In- it is an enticing idea, but sometimes these things are just an idea. When we come back, I'm going to ask Scotty what the impact is for the Cleveland Browns side of things. We got some other news and notes, and then we go into waiver wires for week three. If you lost week two, it's okay. We're going to give you ideas on how to get better for week three and beyond. Roto experts in the morning is off and running. Dane and Scott, come on back after this. 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. It is Roto Experts in the morning here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network where we fight for our right to win our leagues and win that cash. Gene Martinez and Scott Angle making it pop off here on a Tuesday, we're looking back at week two and starting to look ahead to week three. We're going to be touching on the waiver wires that will run, you know, depending on your league, maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We'll get you ready for that for sure. I also want to let people know if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports, but you're sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms and hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool over at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account, use the promo code FNTSY and you can elect to receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late lineup scratches, okay? No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose, all right? Enter the promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag using the promo code FNTSY. Scotty, we talked about this Josh Gordon move. I'm intrigued almost more than what it does for the Patriots. I'm intrigued by what it does for the Browns, okay? We know the Browns are a different kind of offense. They play on Thursday night, Scott, so we already got a practice report. And Jarvis Landry is limited, okay, uh, for Thursday night football. My question for you is very simple. Who do you think is best to become the new number two receiver in Cleveland? Is it the rookie Callaway? Or what about my guy Rashad Higgins? Who do you think um, has potential to be maybe have a little bit of sleeper potential there in uh, Cleveland? Yeah, we talked about this yesterday. Yeah. I think these guys, these guys have two different uh, different skill sets. Callaway is more of a deep guy, and Higgins is more of a uh, possession, big target sort of guy. So... I, I see sort of a split at the number two wide receiver sort of responsibility where the these guys are like, uh, you know, sort of sharing the target load. Okay. Um, are either of these guys uh, – do either of these guys rate for you that they could be worth a waiver claim? I wouldn't throw too much. You know, right now at this point of the season, there there's really nobody's on waivers that's going to make a major difference – for your team, except for maybe one or two guys that could be out there. Yeah. You know, I believe like Gio- Giovanni Bernard, you know, he's going to be exactly. a big pickup this week. Uh, I think Austin Hooper, you know, I know, like him a lot. He's he's out there in a lot of leagues. But outside of that, you know, there's not a whole lot there to, you know, to – there's no difference makers on waivers. We're still two week, weeks away from a bye. There's really nobody that you can – or not a lot of guys, more than a handful or even that much – uh, did even fill a handful about anybody who's going to be a difference maker or plug in your lineup? You know, the answer is no with Cleveland. 
All right, fair enough. Let's go into these waivers now a little bit. Remember, if you guys want to join the show and get down with us as we put the fun and functional sports content, we'll be opening up the phone lines in the next segment. The number to call is 844-843-6879. Let's start with the running back, Scotty, where you mentioned the one guy who I I think can really help your team, at least in the short term, okay? I got to say, Giovanni Bernard, to me, is the number one waiver wire pickup, especially at the running back position this week, all right? We know Joe Mixon went down. People are thinking about it as a short-term thing. I got to tell you the truth, Scotty. He's having the same kind of procedure that Sony Michelle had towards the beginning of the preseason, kind of cleaning up some stuff in that knee. Everyone is saying at first it was like two weeks. Then it was like two to four weeks. I'm using the case study of Sony Michelle, who was out more like four to five weeks. I believe he missed the entire preseason. That's four games and week one, which is a fifth game. Now, Scott, I know everybody is different. I know we got to talk to the professionals over at Inside Injury which we will do on Friday. But, you know, honestly, Scott, if this is, say, more like four to six, um, let's everyone's saying it could be four, that's, you know, that's a third to a quarter of your fantasy season. Do you see Giovanni Bernard as purely like a short-term thing or maybe even a little bit more? Is he worth the number one waiver claim this week? I think he certainly is because you're talking about getting – a starting running back off of waivers and a guy who's versatile and, you know, has some uh, playmaking ability when he gets in space. You know, I think it'd be a really good flex, maybe a low-end RB2. I wouldn't get too excited about Giovanni Bernard, though, because, uh, you know, so people were so excited about him a few years ago, but he can never stay, stay healthy or reliable enough, you know, and... The Bengals themselves went in other directions because they felt like they couldn't depend on Giovanni Bernard to be anything more than a complimentary piece. So I think you have to temper your expectations, but anytime you're going to get a starting running back or a featured back off the waiver wire, you have to do it. You know, as for mixing, you know, it's like you said, you know, we we really don't know how long he's going to going to be out. You know, he can heal quicker and he can just miss two weeks. He can. He can miss three weeks, but whatever, you know, you're looking at anywhere from a two to like five week time period. And, you know, if you if you had Mixon, you know, hopefully you had Bernard. If not, you're going to have to bid heavily if he's a free agent. Yeah, I think he's going to be someone that people are going to spend some money on. I'm actually encouraged by Gio also because remember what we've seen in the past. This is a we believe that this is a stronger offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. So maybe that helps Gio uh, show off a little bit in you know let's say the four weeks that he is uh, going to be maybe featured. I well, personally the one like the one thing about him though is. He's yeah. not really an inside runner, right? He, you know, That's even true. He's a even with the line, even guy. with the line being better, you know. But if they they throw him the ball in space, he can still make mm-hmm. plays. Absolutely. You know, there could be some screen game going on that I really like potentially with Bernard and he will get some of the load. He's going to have to go in between the tackles at some point. Um, But I'm encouraged by Giovanni Bernard, especially just, you know, Scotty, because of the makeup of one of my personal teams, my long term dynasty that I have so many of these rookies that we talk about before that are going to kind of grow over time. So for me, Giovanni Bernard represents the ideal kind of stopgap for the next four weeks before like 
like you mentioned, someone like a Sony Michelle, someone like a Carrion Johnson maybe starts to grow in their role. By the time Joe Mixon is back, I can have one of these running backs maybe having a bigger part of the opportunity. Any other running backs, Scotty, that matter to you? I know I'm seeing guys like Tavon Austin added, who I've mentioned before, but I know is not really a thing for fantasy. And then when it comes down after that, you know, I'm seeing guys like Darren Sproles, Edo Smith being added. What do you think about Darren Sproles um, in PPR formats? He's got a hamstring injury, so I don't know why people would would be adding him. If anything, you're going to add Corey Clement because Mm -hmm. we don't know the extent of the hammy with Darren Sproles. And with Carson Wentz coming back uh, and and, uh, them lacking a lot of wide receivers, you know, maybe Corey Clement plays a role in the passing game. Then there's the other running back in Cincinnati. There's Mark Walton, you know, mm-hmm. who who may get some uh, some carries here and there, but he's not that much bigger than Geo. And you know, Geo I think is like five nine two oh five, and uh, Mark Walton is like five ten two ten, something like that. He's not that much bigger, so I can't see Mark Walton being anything more than a a change of pace back. All right, fair enough. And listen, you said this before, Scotty, you know, not a ton on the waiver wire this week. And that's probably connected to the fact that there wasn't a ton of injuries last week. You know, last running back before we take a caller that's on the line is what about a guy like Chris Ivory? You know, we've heard about LaShawn McCoy with that rib cartilage. I'm staying away from that, Scotty, because it seems like it's only a one or maybe max two week kind of thing. And then in that one week, the Bills are on the road to Minnesota and I'm not starting to back up running back on the road at Minnesota anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Like maybe maybe the one guy I would want off that roster if I was super de- desperate might be Marcus Murphy uh, because, you know, he's more of a pass-catching back and uh, had, a, had a good preseason. And if they're going to be from behind, you know, Ivory's not going to be in the game. Right. Murphy will. But that, that's like a super desperate uh, Scott's Fishbowl deep super league type of pickup. All right, fair enough. We got a caller on the line here on Roto Experts in the morning. It's D Money in New Jersey. Let's see how we can help him out My for guy. week three. D Money, what's going on, man? You're on Roto Experts in the morning. What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Scott? Man, what's going on with you, man? How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, brother. Hey, um, I got a trade offer yesterday. I'm in a ten team standard. Uh, I'm two and zero right now. Nice. Um, the offer is um, they want to. They want. Pete Lindsay, and they want to give me Garcon and you, uh, Q New Armour. Uh, what's it? Quincy uh, New Armour for the Jets, the, yeah. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, so what do you I guys think? think? I think Garcon is worthless and not even rosterable. So it comes down to a known way for Lindsay, and I just think that with Philip Lindsay, you know, running backs are so valuable right now, and the, the position's even thinner than wide receiver. If, you know, and Lindsey's coming off another good game when he's had 100 yards, I think you can get more from Philip Lindsey than, uh, than Quincy Anunua. Even though I like Anunua, I, I just feel like you can get more from Lindsey right now. There's, there's a lot of buzz about him right now. Yeah, I, I, I also, um, on him. I'm also thinking about starting um, Randolph over Doyle. What do you guys think this week, uh, next week? Oh, Scotty, what do you think about that? What's up with your boy Jack Doyle splitting opportunity with Ebron? Yeah, I'm I'm okay with uh with starting Rudolph over Doyle next week. Uh you know, Rudolph is more of a touchdown threat, I think, and uh you know, that off that offense right now like uh like Dane said, you know, Eric Ebron's the touchdown guy right now. Like it's still very close. 
between the two of them. But I, you know, six points to me uh, is the difference, and Rudolph has a better shot of catching the ball in the red zone, I think, than Jack Doyle. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Hey, um, on my bench right now, I got Booker, Coleman, Isaiah Crowell, Lindsey, and James White. What do you guys think? Should I move any of those guys off the bench or you just uh, keep you them drop there? Booker. You could drop Booker because we're talking about Lindsey and behind him is Freeman. I, I think Booker owners, you could cast him aside at this point. Okay, cool. I'll hit, the, I'll hit those waivers and I appreciate you guys and keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, thanks a lot. We got One another of my caller here. There. It's your boy Kenny and Phillies on. Another let's favorite. Get him as, let's yeah. get him ready to go here. What's going on? You're on Roto Experts in the morning, Kenny. How you doing, Dane? Scotty, how you doing, brothers? What's up? Um, I'm gonna get to I'm gonna get to my question first, and I got a comment. I got to rip you off from yesterday, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm a Lashawn McCoy owner. Yeah, my other back is Matt Breida, who of course I'm starting. I have James White. So I'm on the waiver wire here, and, like, no one's there. I might be one of the desperate guys that pick up Marcus Murphy. We got uh, Ware on the waiver wire, C.J. Anderson, Frank Gore, Jalen Rashad. There's really nobody yeah, you here. Stop, but, you can stop there, yeah. Yeah, so uh, what should I do? Obviously, McCoy's hurt, and I'm not playing him next week anyway because he's playing it at Minnesota. So, I mean, uh, what should I do? Should I just start James White and uh, Matt Breida? It's only two, uh, a two running back position, so. I think I think you don't have a choice on, unless you make a trade before then. Right, right, okay. Um, you guys were talking about uh, Tampa Bay yesterday about uh, about Deshaun Jackson. I know Scotty, you're a you're a you had a you had a couple bad things to say saying he saying he can't keep this up and this that and the third. But I got to disagree with you. Once I heard in the beginning of the season that they was moving him to the slot position, which means he's being picked up by probably a free safety. Free safety is generally the, uh, the the least good in coverage. So, I mean, the point is he, he he's actually in the slot. I think he, he has a little bit of relevance. As you can see, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, his uh, his fantasy relevance is uh, I'm non-existent because, because of the show mainly. So, I mean, I think there is a little relevance there. Um, I'm not just saying that because I actually like Deshaun, but he has the – he's – He's a, he's a perfect best ball player, like you guys said. I I, I definitely agree with that. Like you want to have those those two for fourteen games too. So I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. Um, so that's the thing, though, Kenny. That's the thing. Hold on, real quick. That's the thing right there. So you can't say that you're getting going hard on us because you think it's sustainable, and then say he's a best ball guy, right? The reason yeah. he's a best ball guy is because you don't know and you don't trust that it's going to be consistent. That's the exact <laughs> point. And Deshaun Jackson is going to do this in a revenge game against the Eagles. And I don't know. We're getting Pete Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. I don't know that you want to believe in all of these being sustainable. I think you said it yourself with him as a best ball guy, Kenny. Yeah, and then you, then you look at the fact that he's catching like 75-yard touchdown passes. You know, what is the guy doing as a possession receiver? He's doing nothing. You know, this is this is not sustainable. I've seen it from Deshaun Jackson, Jackson in the past. Well, he, he's not going to catch bombs every single week. Now, I look, they play Pittsburgh next week, so he can catch another bomb. You know, I wrote in my article on rotoexperts.com yesterday, my advanced scout, after next week, you sell Deshaun Jackson because that kind of production is just not sustainable with, A, the type of player he is, and, B, the type of quarterback he has. I was I was, I was, was just making the point about him being in the slot, which is actually going to benefit sure. him. 
I, that was the, that was really my main point. Anyway, I'm glad that uh, the Denver squeaked out that victory because, of course, yeah. I got Oakland on the eight and a half under, and it was a under baby under. <laughs> I mean, it was a thrill seeing Chucky on the sideline just tormented. And then last night, I'm pretty sure he was watching Monday Night fo- uh, Football and watching the little Mac just wreak havoc. So that's a thrill. So uh, we got the hopefully the Bengals can squeak out a win this week too. As you know, I got them. As, I'm at the seventeen to one as the over. So uh, we'll see what happens, but a great show, guys. I'll be listening. Good luck to you, brother, man. Thanks, yeah, when you're, talking about, when you're talking about the uh, Raiders, they welcome the Dolphins this week at home. Long trip for the Dolphins across country. We'll see. Uh, you know, but the Dolphins are surprising 2-0, so we'll see what they can do. Scotty, real quick, I want to move to uh, wide receivers here. We're talking about wide receivers on the waiver wire. The biggest guy that I think we're going to see is someone that, you know, like Giovanni Bernard. We've got to go all the way back to uh, Thursday Night Football. I'm intrigued by Tyler Boyd. And we talked about him on Friday. You know, I think that there may be some opportunity here for him as the number two in Cincinnati, not this John Ross winning an island stuff talk. It's been Tyler Boyd, honestly, who looks like he's been decent. He had a great game in week two. Do you think there's potential for him to be fantasy relevant? I actually see him as the uh, top kind of wide receiver that I would add this week. Yeah, you know, I I think Tyler Boyd's a good pickup. Even in his rookie year, I believe he got hurt towards – the end of the year, he was showing mm-hmm. signs of, uh, you know, being good, good possession receiver with some quickness after the catch. So uh, if Andy Dalton's going to get better protection this year, I'm good with it. All right. So you're OK with spending a little bit if you need it. Maybe you need uh, maybe you need a wide receiver. Remember, Larry Fitzgerald got banged up in uh, in the game in week two. He was gimpy on, on a hamstring. We'll we'll check in on all these guys later on in the week when practice reports come out. And of course, when we check in with Dr. A, any other wide receivers, Scott? That you like, you know, maybe a, a, a guy like a Willie Sneed as a possession wide receiver in Baltimore. No. Are you believing in Tavon Austin at all? No. Um, I, I hear you, but like I said, it's slim pickings here at the wide receiver spot um, on waivers this week, right? Yeah, I'll give you at least one pickup for one week, though, and it's revenge game, revenge game script, too. Pick up Terrell Pryor. He wanted to stay Ooh. in Cleveland, and they did want him. You know, I think Terrell Pryor and Isaiah Crowell, uh, you're going to go in on Thursday night, and they're both going to have good games against the Browns. So I would pick up Terrell Pryor at least for one week, and he's been playing over Jermaine Curse. You know, he might he might start to really eat into more of what Robbie Anderson's doing because it looks like, you know, he's he's a better receiver like outside the twenties right now. So I th- right. I think Terrell Pryor's kind of a nifty pickup right now. That's interesting. Pryor could wind up being that outside receiver. It looks like Robbie Anderson not getting as many targets from Sam Darnold because as I was going back and forth with our guy Mike Florio, our former best friend forever, it looks like Quincy Inunua is the first, second, and third read for Sam Darnold. We took tight ends, we took quarterbacks, and we have a little Calvin bit of fun Ridley. when we come back. Ooh, interesting note right there. When we come back, it's Roto Experts in the morning. Dane and Scott, keep it locked. Come on back after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
Welcome back. Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King, Scott Angle, looking at some of the guys who might be available on waivers as you try to improve your team for week three. Scotty, we were talking about wide receivers. We've talked about a lot of them already. The Deshaun Jacksons of the world. The Josh Gordons of the world. Okay. Um, but let me ask you something. There's a couple of guys um, who may be available, you know, kind of maybe slightly tipping the scales at more than 50% ownership. But three guys that I do think we like. How would you rank these three guys at wide out if they are available? And I'm not saying they will be. I've, you know, I'm checking in Yahoo right now. Their ownership percentages are between 50 and 60%. What about Keelan Cole? Kenny Galladay, who I know we've talked about a ton, and Quincy Inunua. All three of those guys are between 50 and 60% owned in Yahoo leagues right now. So maybe you can go out and get those guys. If Cole, Galladay, and Inunua were available, how would you rank those guys? Cole, Galladay, Inunua. I would probably go uh, – that, 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 that's tough to rank these. Uh, yeah. I, I would probably go – Inunwa, uh, Galladay, Cole. I feel like Inunwa's going to be most involved in his team's offense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Galladay has the most upside, and Cole has a lot of upside, too. It's close. You know, and sometimes, you know, uh, with these with these public league ownership percentages, you know, like it's uh, – you know, it's not always reflective of like a lot of our listenership, sure. like, you know, what's actually available. I'd be surprised if like in a lot of the leagues our listeners listen to, like if Galladay and Anuma were still available. But I think nobody was sold really on Cole until last week. So he's probably the top wide receiver uh, left off the wire. All right, let's talk about some tight ends a little bit. Listen, Will Disley, you know, again, he was the thing last last week. He did get a touchdown, but only three catches, 42 yards. I'm not sure that that's sustainable. A lot of that was in garbage time. Let me ask you this. Uh, I will say one thing about Disley, though. It's, you know, what, you know, Wilson is looking for him on key key passing downs. And, you know, he I I I think it I think there's a thing. I I thought I thought after one week like it was an aberration. When I saw how often Wilson was looking his way, I think Disley is a viable pickup. All right. Um, another guy that people are looking at is uh, what about these Steelers tight ends? Okay, what about a guy like Jesse James? You know, he caught the touchdown 5 for 138 last week, but then at the same time, Vance McDonald was also in the game, and now it looks like there's two healthy uh, Steelers tight ends. How do you play the Steelers tight ends? They're very, very volatile. I mean, ever right. since Heath Miller retired, they haven't had anybody dependable at that position. Vance McDonald is always getting hurt. Jesse James will have a big game, and then you won't hear from him for weeks. So I'm probably avoiding the Pittsburgh tight ends. All right, and then last thing I want to ask you about, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is out there, are you, going, are you like spending everything to go get him, or is this like kind of a flash in the pan? Do you believe he's going to be the starter for the Bucks throughout the rest of the season? I like is he? Have, I mean, you have to do it, but like this is clearly he's going to come back down to earth. There's no way he's not going to throw 400 yards a game, Scott. No, but uh, I think you got at least got to roster him because they play Pittsburgh next week on Monday Night Football. You know that's yep. going to be another sh- shootout. You got to you have to get Ryan Fitzpatrick on your roster to at least possibly win you one more game. It did, if nothing else. And uh, just real quick on another tight end note, you know, Austin Hooper had a really good game. You know, I liked him in the preseason. He's available in a lot of leagues. 
absolutely. Austin Hooper is certainly still available, scoring more than Mohamed Sanu at this point. Scotty, there was still some news and notes that I wanted to bang off of you, see what you thought. And I want to go to Philadelphia, okay? I want to go to Philadelphia. They are saying that Carson Wentz has been cleared. He will, in fact, it looks like start for the Eagles this week, week three, for the uh, Eagles against the Indianapolis Colts at home. Got to like him in that matchup against that pass defense. My question, though, honestly, Scott, is who's he going to be throwing the ball to? Mike Wallace, fractured fibula. Alshon Jeffrey, still week to week. He may get some practice this week because of the shoulder. Your boy, Mac Hollins, already on IR. It's really Aguilar and Ertz and not much else. We even talked about how the backfield is banged up a little bit. My question is, what is Carson Wentz returning to? Uh, or is he going to make everybody else better? Football's really a team game. You know, Reggie Wayne of the NFL Network says it best. He says, this is not basketball. Uh, look, you look at Russell Wilson and what's around him right now, and he, he's struggling, you know, more than he than he usually would. Carson Wentz coming off a long layoff, and who does he really have to throw to? It's Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar and, and it's Zach Ertz and maybe Corey Clement out of the backfield. When you look at A, the rust factor, and you look at B, the fact that Alshon Jeffrey is out. I don't. I never thought Mike Wallace was going to be a thing anyway, regardless. But to defeat him, he's missing Alshon Jeffrey. You know, maybe he can revive Dallas Goddard there as well. It's. Uh, I think. I think there's going to be adjustment period coming back for Wentz. I don't know if I can plug him back in my lineup right away. Really? So it's maybe something you want to wait and see a little bit yes. to see how it yes. all shakes out. Okay, because listen, you if you were a Wentz owner, you were getting through weeks one and two anyway without him, right? So maybe yeah. you want to wait and see. I will say this, though. I kind of like attacking the Indianapolis Colts pass defense when you get a chance, though. Well, we thought that last week, too. And, you know, the Colts played really good defense as well. Uh, you know, if I could get Ryan Fitzpatrick and sit Carson, Carson Wentz for another week, mm. I'd do it. Okay. Uh, fair enough. I want to tell the people, Scotty, before we run out of time today, that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in-game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Use the promo code FNTSY because BetDSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. So go on over there right now. That's BetDSI.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and start winning today. I don't know if this matters to you, Scott, but the Washington football team brought in not one but two wide receivers. Uh, they bring in Brashard Perryman, the former first-round bust from Baltimore, and also Michael Floyd, who, as we know, has bounced around a little bit most recently, I believe, with Minnesota. My, my question is not necessarily if these guys are relevant, but what does this signal to you, for example, if you're a Josh Dotson, a Jamison Crowder, or a Paul Richardson owner? Nothing. Nothing? It Nothing. doesn't signal you know, to you that these, they're, not, these, these they're not happy about it's the like, receivers that they have? It, it's, it's probably that they're not happy, but, you know, the, these guys coming off the street, you know, who are already failures are you know, not going to push these guys at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think they will, but it does signal if the organization still thinks they need to upgrade that position by bringing guys in off the street. It's not a vote of confidence for Josh Dotson, though, is it? I, I agree with you there. You know, Josh uh, okay. Dotson, been a disappointment. I think it's a bad look, I said in the preseason, for Paul Richardson to go there with Alex Smith. Right. Uh, you know, Jamison Crowder, he just doesn't have the chemistry. Right now, it doesn't seem like he can throw to anybody but Josh Reed, so... 
Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, that, not the, 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 the Jordan Reed. I mean, you know, not the, not the uh, not, not the old Minnesota Viking, uh, Jake <laughs> Reed. But uh, you know, I don't I don't think they like the receiving crew there. But you know, it depends on what you surround Alex Smith with. Again, you know, this is this is a team game. You know, it's not basketball. It's like I love that Reggie Wayne like act, said that on the NFL Network. I said. You know, people always like, well, this guy carries the team, or we could just plug anybody in there and he could do that. You know, it's not basketball. You got to, you got to surround a football team. You got the right people, and you, you make a good point. The, you know, the Redskins are not happy with who they have. Yeah, I mean, I, the one thing it's good for is Chris Thompson owners. Remember, he caught 14 balls last week, and it looks like that's something that may, I mean, not to that extent, but it may, in fact, continue. I also want to bring up, Scotty, we don't talk much about this, but some key offensive line injuries. People are out for the year. Okay, Jacksonville, they lost their left tackle. They lost their left tackle, Cam Robinson, to a torn ACL. He's gone for the rest of the year. The Giants lost their center, John Jalapio, to an ankle, uh, broken ankle. He's out for the rest of the year. I mean, I know we don't talk about this that much, but I continue to make the point that bad offensive line play can completely eviscerate teams' entire prospects for the season. Look at the change in Cincinnati. Look at what we're seeing now maybe with the Dallas offense that's not as strong with the uh, with the offensive line taking a step back, you know, losing uh, their Pro Bowl center. Um Anything about these, you know, the Jaguars left tackle Robinson, you know, the Giants losing their center, any cause for concern with any of the related uh, fantasy skill players for uh, the Giants or the Jags? Well, the Giants' offensive line is not looking good to begin with. And uh, right. with Saquon Barkley, this could mean, you know, you're going to catch a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. So you might see a lot more of what we saw against Dallas for last that. week. But, you know, then again, we were very concerned about Minnesota's offensive line and everything's looked pretty much okay after right. after two weeks, you know that offense is is still putting up points. So I think you have to take the situation individually. You know, it's uh, you know Jacksonville's offensive line is still good overall. Losing one piece, you know, how much of a difference is that going to make? Uh, you know, if if Blake Bortles gets, you know, it it is it is Blake Bortles continues to get rid of the ball quickly and they run the ball effectively. Maybe the loss of one lineman, you know, will not be a, you know a major blow. All right, it is something to keep an eye on, though, because if 20% goes down, that's one thing. If it turns out, you know, in the next couple of weeks to be 40% or 60%, we'll certainly keep our eye out on that. Scotty, on tomorrow's show, what I want to do is look at some snap counts. Uh, we'll, fir- we'll have our first kind of practice reports, okay? We'll start to highlight some of the spotlight games of week three. We'll look at the early lines of week three. We'll also have your week three rankings, so we'll see who you think are diamonds and Fugazis. Maybe we'll make another little gentleman's bet if some of the ones in your rankings look a little bit off to me. However, what I do well, want to do... Well, they're going to be in-season rankings, so, you know, it's right, for, for like, like the waivers week. and trades Oh, it's in-season? Like yeah. I thought it was week yeah. three. It's not like the matchup no, for week three? No, these, these are my in-season ranks that I do for okay. tell people, uh, you know, wanting to, you know, take away their rosters, trades, waivers, and then on Wednesdays, I do the lineup rankings. Oh, okay. So that's... Yeah, so tomorrow... On the show, we won't have the matchup for the week three rankings yet. We'll just have the in-season rankings. Right. 
Okay, so we'll talk about the biggest risers and the biggest fallers, that sort of thing, you know, and uh, we'll try and go back and forth on some of those. Uh, fair enough. That sounds good. And I do, there's some interesting snap counts. Uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the running back situations in Denver, the running back situation for the Sunday night game, Detroit and New England. We'll talk a little bit about that on tomorrow's show as well. And, you know, we'll, we'll also see if Le'Veon Bell decides to walk into the facility. At this point, Pittsburgh Steelers fans and fantasy owners should not hold their breath. But the way I want to end the show here today, Scott, I talked to you, told you we're going to have a little bit of a game here, Game of Inches. I'm doing it over on Fantasy Freestyle as well. I got one submission, Scott, already that I think, you know, is pretty, is pretty tough. It's a pretty tough loss, and I want to get your take on it and remind people that they can send screenshots of their bad beats in Game of Inches to at ScottyRotoX and at Spittin' Speeds and see if we get any ones that – uh, surpassed this one. One of my followers, Scotty, part of the Stats Overbeat Cypher, Derek Vojanov, okay, at Big Voj on Twitter. And here's the thing. You know those plays, Scotty, when, like, the game is out of hand, but the last play of the game, they'll do, like, they'll dump it down, like, intermediate route, and then that guy yep. will do the whole lateral game, you know, for a while, you know, and it usually winds up with fumble or something like that. Those points count in fantasy, Scott. You know, that last play or that last play before the half where, like, the Jets had a last play and they almost got it into the end zone but didn't. Well, there was a last play like that in the Texans-Titans game. Okay, uh, Scotty? And in that play, it was another catch for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins over the middle and in a play that didn't matter as time runs yeah, out. Yeah, I remember that play, yeah. You remember that play? Yeah. All right, my man Derek Vojanov, he lost his matchup. This week, one he had 107.84. He lost to somebody who had 108.64. So he lost by 0.8 points. And he faced DeAndre Hopkins, who got credit for that last complete garbage time play. And it was that last catch in a play that meant nothing that gave his opponent the victory over him for week two. Hashtag game of inches. That's pretty tough, huh, Scotty? Yeah, it, it it is pretty tough. And, you know, this is why fantasy players watch the game until the very end. You know, like... Like last night's Monday night game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I needed I needed a certain amount of points. I needed just a, twelve points from Russell Wilson to win, but I didn't get it until that garbage time touchdown. So, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself, thankfully, you know, at least they want to save face on the scoreboard. Otherwise, it'd be killing my fantasy team. Yeah, I hear you. So I think this by Derek is a rough one. You know, I'm thinking there's a lot of potential for that this week, Scotty. I mean, a lot of kickers could have been involved, right? Let's say you had a Minnesota kicker, a Cleveland kicker, or a Greg Zerline, for goodness sakes, right? Costing you a win. What about, you know, let's say things change because of that Clay Matthews roughing call, roughing the passer call that led to more production. That could have changed your fate. You mentioned the Will Disley touchdown and Russell Wilson. You got it. What if, Scott, you lose by less? than a point and you were facing it's forget about Russell Wilson forget about Russ, uh, Will Disley let's say you were facing Sebastian Janikowski and you lose by less than a point and it's not that garbage time touchdown but that garbage time extra point that loses out for you you know these are all examples where the game of inches you got to yeah. go down all the way to the very end and that's why garbage time counts right Scotty yeah it's a, it'd be very hurtful like if you get points for distance and you know he made a 56 yarder on top right. of it last night just before halftime. Half. But again, like I talk about, don't ignore kickers. It's, uh, you know, Mason Crosby had 19 points for me in one league this week and, uh, you know, really, really pushed me towards the victory. Yeah, people want yeah. to ignore kickers. Then they, 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 they just stick in whoever they drafted and they don't pay attention to their scoring 
week to week. If it's part of your league, whether you like it or not, you have to pay attention to who's doing well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm reminded of, listen, there was one year I was the biggest, I was the number one overall seed. I was like a dominant 12-1, and one, and I lost in the playoffs because my opponent had Chris Boswell, who kicked five field goals for the Steelers one game, and that's what I lost. I lost to a kicker getting 20-plus points, despite being, you know, the locked and loaded number one seed. So kickers can, in fact, do it. That's why a lot of people, including one of our former colleagues, also always say that, you know, they don't, you know, that they don't want kickers in their uh, leagues. But you got to know your settings. you got to know your... Uh, Whether you yeah. want them or not, if they're there, you know, you got to pay attention. Absolutely, that is the case. Scotty, both you and I took an L in the uh, Greenwich Street Tavern League. It looks like you lost by about 16 points. I lost by about 20 as well. So we'll get back on the horse next week. We'll start to look ahead to, uh, you know, risers and fallers in Scott's ranks. We'll look ahead to the spotlight games and some of the early point spreads. We'll give you our early leans in tomorrow's show. We'll also look, like I said, a little bit of snap counts so we can read the tea leaves But remember, from now until then, make sure you go on out and get the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge in-season fantasy football package. You can enter the promo code THEKING at checkout. I hear you can also enter the promo code SPEEDS. Up next, we welcome back Mike Blewett as we go to Fantasy Sports Today. I'm telling you guys right now, if you're going to listen next hour to Mike Blewett, be prepared for some gloating. This guy, Mike Blewett, is dominating the fantasy scene early on in the season. Uh, Scotty, what you got on tap for the rest of the day? Working on these right, rankings? On tap. Yep, and uh, also my waiver column for the Associated Press. All right, sounds good. Giovanni Bernard may be in there, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and others. Keep an eye out on that. When we'll be back tomorrow, we'll break it all down as we continue to put the fun and functional sports content for the king. FSWA Hall of Famer. I'm merely the spitting statistician. Come see us tomorrow right here on Roto Experts in the morning. Have a great day, buddy.